What is up, everybody? We are back. Please say hello to my co-host, Sharona. So, a 90 Day Fiance, Season 4, Episode 8, The Other Way. This is the George Massey Show. This is Part 2. Now we're talking about Danielle and Johan. So, Danielle flew back to the U.S. and she packed up her apartment. And I just got to say, it looked a hot mess. So, I'm glad that she was able to make that deadline because I'm going to be moving soon. So seeing that kind of gave me anxiety because I was like, that's going to be me. Danielle on that floor with all that stuff. That's my life. That's what I'm going to be doing. So I'm glad that she was able to get that done. But it was hard for her because she's giving up her whole life, all of the things that she's done, her job, her apartment, her life, her friends, her yoga business. And she's going to the DR and she's really worried because all of her life was in 10 suitcases, which fun fact, that was over a thousand dollars to check that on the plane. I was like, geez, I, I, I don't know, because I was like, is that a lot? Because I've checked a bag for $240 before. So I was like, maybe 10 bags for $1,000 isn't that bad. Because I was like, I have checked one bag for $240 before. Thanks a lot, Southwest. But <laughs> she decided to put all of her life in suitcase. And then Johan decided to tie the suitcase on top of a car. And I was like, I don't know. That's like my whole life. What if you hit like a really big pothole and then part of my life is like gone onto the freeway? You know, like I was scared for her. So I totally got why she wanted to drive because she revealed to us, Johan has had his license for one year um, and he has been in one car accident and has one speeding ticket, which that's not horrible. But when your whole life is like strapped to the top of the car, that does make you question like, do, you, do I want this person to drive on the freeway with all of my stuff on top of the car and hope that it makes it to our destination? But in Johan's mind, since he's a man and he has male genitalia, he gets <laughs> to drive the car. And well, he said it a little differently on the show, but he gets to drive the car and he gets to make those decisions. And Danielle has to obey him. And I was like thinking, Man, you don't know Danielle at all. Like, I don't know her. I've never met her in person, but I know that she doesn't obey what men say. Like, that's like one of the one things I can take away from Danielle. She's very strong in her convictions. And just because a man said something literally means nothing to her. Like, so the idea that his Dominican um, values are shining through is kind of scary because I know that she liked his take charge attitude, you know, and I think that women like that sometimes, but women also don't like it all the time. They don't want to be controlled. Like every now and then a woman might find it attractive when a man likes to take charge and say, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm the man. But they don't want to be controlled and told what to do, how to do it, what they can drive, when they can't drive. That's not going to work. So when I saw that, I was like, man, that's a red flag if I've ever seen one, because Danielle is literally the least person in the world that is going to take crap from a guy. Like, I don't even know her. And I know that about her. Yeah. First of all, let me just say 10 suitcases is like me going on vacation. So <laughs> that was impressive that she got her entire life into those suitcases because I would have needed like 5,000, but you know, that's perfect. But yeah, I didn't, I, I see where she's coming from. Cause I could say, you know, sometimes women do like when a guy wants to take charge, you know, they want to like fill that masculine role. We like that. But like when we say we want to do something like drive the damn car, let us drive the damn car. Like, come on. <laughs> what is he thinking? Like she obviously was not happy about that. And she's been driving way longer, but he was still arguing with her about because I'm the man I need to drive. That doesn't mean anything. Like those are her things. Like you need to be careful. Like you said, what if he like hit something and her stuff's gone and like she can't replace that down there. Like, she, I don't know. I was like, come on. No, 
no. Yeah, it, it's a red flag. And I'm hoping that that's not something that they're going to have in their relationship. Because what we've been seeing a lot lately when she was there in the DR before she went back home, she was the one in, you know, control, making mm. the decisions and taking charge. So when we saw it on this episode, it was a little new for us. So I was like, well, maybe now that she's going to be a permanent resident, he's like showing himself more, like he's more comfortable knowing that she can't run away. So I was mm -hmm. like, oh, man, that could be bad. Like if this is who he really is and he's been hiding it, she's not going to be happy. Like she's not usually happy with him anyway, but <laughs> this is going to make things even more worse. Right. Because I was like, geez, I know she's like holding her tongue because I could just tell sitting in that passenger seat, she would love to have reached over and smacked him across the face when he was <laughs> saying that. But she didn't. And I commend Danielle on that. She was very, very controlled in that. But I knew inside she was like, oh, who is this guy talking to? All right. So I'm nervous about this. So Gabe and Isabel, they've been at her house and had an amazing the night before with my whole family. Everyone loves Gabe, just like we do. I knew that that would be the case. I was like, who's going to meet this guy and hate this guy? Like, I love this guy. I don't even know him. He's not even in my family. But they went horseback riding, which also went well. Um, there was a lot of animal riding in this episode, but like they went um horseback riding, which really went really well. And then afterward, they had drinks and Gabe began to reveal what he wanted to tell her parents because he wants no secrets between them. And he wants them to know that he is fully committed to Isabel and the family and the kids. And he wants them to know that he wants to be accepted into their family fully. So they know like everything about him. And he has revealed that he's trans and the parents, we didn't get to see, it's in true TLC form, how they reacted, what they said. But we did see in a preview that her dad said, I want to know everything. But, you know, that that doesn't, there's no context to that. So saying I want to know everything could be, tell me everything, like, for the police report. Or, like, tell me everything so I can know you better. So, like, we don't know. And I'm so mad that we're going to have to wait a whole week to know if Gabe is okay. Gabe, are you okay? We're really worried. Yeah, I, ugh, TLC, why? I knew it. I was like, maybe they'll give us something. And then it went to commercial and I was like, maybe they'll come back with them. And then they didn't. But I'm just so glad that the rest of the day went so good. And I mean, the one thing that scared me is I feel like Isabel's parents were like, kind of, they looked a little scared, like nervous. Like, what is Gabe going to tell us? Mm -hmm. Like, so that kind of was like a little off-putting to me. It made me really scared because like you said, like we love you, Gabe. And we just want this to go so good because I mean, like Isabel is very iffy, like what she would choose, him or her family. And he really doesn't know who she would choose. So it was just so nerve-wracking. And why do we have to wait another week? Oh, I know. When and when he when Gabe asked Isabel that question, I was like, ooh, that is such a tough question to ask someone because your family is your family and you're gonna love them regardless. Like we all have that one family member that everybody is like, Oh my god, you're embarrassing, but we still love them. Like we accept them, we love them. So to ask me to choose between my family and someone is like such a harsh, like terrible ask of anything because it's like I love people in different ways you know so it's like I don't know how to choose so Isabel is like in that space she's like well I love my parents and I love Gabe and I don't ever want to be put in that position and I'm just hoping that there that position never exists where she would have to choose between the two I'm just hoping and praying that that Isabel's family is fully on board with Gabe as a human being as a person stop 
I don't even want them to go into anything else. Just accept Gabe for who he is and let him in the family. So that that opportunity to make that decision never arises because like Isabel said, how do you choose between the two? Because it's like those are two different types of love. It's not because Gabe was like, well, does she really love me? Of course she loves you, but these are two way different types of love. You can't really compare a parent's love and the love of who you're with. They're not even the same. They're not even in the same realm. So I'm really worried. We're going to have to wait a whole seven days to know if Gabe is okay. And it's like, oh my God, I'm so tired of waiting. We've been waiting this whole time, but we did get some time with Debbie and Osama in this episode. And we remember last week, Osama revealed to Debbie that he wanted her to stay with his parents for two months and then go back to the US. And then Debbie snapped and basically was like, you're a liar. That's not what you said. You lured me here under false pretenses. I am PO'd at you. So his excuse was, it was a translation and misunderstanding issue. So what do you think about the translation in that? When you tell somebody, you're like, hey, I'm packing my whole life and I'm moving to where you are and we're going to be together. And you hear, hey, I'm packing up to see you for a couple months and then I'm moving back home. How is that a translation thing? Like in any language, <laughs> those are two different things. Like in any dialect that you speak anywhere, like those are two massively different things. So it's like, I don't buy like whatever he's selling. Nope, I'm not buying it. But he did sweet talk Debbie. And she did say, well, like, I'm in Morocco, so I might as well, like, try to move forward and try to make the best of it. Because even if she does leave in two months, she's still there for two months. You don't want to sit there and be miserable the whole two months. So they go out on a beach day. Debbie spots a camel. Debbie flags down the camel as though it's a taxi. And she hops on the camel, and her and Osama ride the camel, and it's probably the most entertaining thing I saw this episode <laughs> was so funny and oh and Osama loved it and Debbie was like I wonder sometimes if Osama is embarrassed of me and I was like I don't think that he is and he actually said he's not he's like when you're here and you're being yourself and you're being so youthful it just shows you it shows me how much I love you and appreciate you and I don't know if he's just a sweet talker or not but I bought it too because I was like see I think Debbie is fun and I think she is youthful and who could dislike Debbie? You know, like, I feel like, but I know Osama's saying that it's a different type of love. You know, I love Debbie. I don't know her. I'm not trying to marry her or anything. But Osama <laughs> is saying that it's a different type of love. So where do you think we're at with this? Is Osama a sweet talker? Does he really like her? Do you think that there was false pretenses and he lured Debbie there for some reason we haven't figured out yet? Like, where are you landing here? Oh, my God. I feel like my head is spinning after thinking about these people, like, Osama, what? There is no translation issue at all. He even said, like, well, if I told you it was just for two months, you wouldn't come. Like, no, there's no translation issue. Now you're trying to save your ass because she's pissed. She brought her entire life to Morocco, which you knew she was doing. And now you're stuck with her and you're like, well, I need to know you in reality. And then he tries to back that up and be like, well, I mean, you know, I don't know. He is a sweet talker. He really does whatever he can to, like, he reminds me of Rishi, where he has to, like, dig himself out of all the holes that he digs for himself. Mm. And I hate that, because Debbie is so fun. She is hilarious. And watching her on that camel was, like, I was dying. I loved that so much. But, like, she's just like, yeah, oh, my God, I'm on a camel. Everyone look at me. Like, that was so funny. I loved it. So I just love that she was like, I'm getting on this camel. I don't care. I don't know how I'm right? getting, on, getting on. And then Osama's over here excited. But at the same time, I'm still mad at him, even though he's being nice because he still lured our girl. We still don't know what 
he's trying to do with Debbie. And I know. That's, that's what I don't like. You know, I'm, I just, yeah, I'm worried because and I'm also worried she has to meet his parents who oh. are going to have to accept the fact that he's 24 and she's 67. So how do you feel about that? Like, how do you feel about that meeting? What do you think is going to happen there? I'm really scared, honestly. <laughs> like, I'm very afraid because, man, oh, I just. Okay, so I'm thinking about, like, other seasons, like Jenny and Summit. When Jenny met the family, you know, at first they liked her because it was, like, the friend thing, kind of like what Rishi's doing with Jen. And mm -hmm. then when the family finds out, I think this one is, I'm very interested in this one because this age gap is so much bigger than everyone else's. So, like. I'm worried for Debbie because Debbie's, you know, she's who she is. She's her own, like how old she is. And she's set in her ways. She's not going to come in and pretend to be a 22 year old or whatever. And like change her life to like, you know, submit to this family when she can, you know, she wants to live in her own place. And I'm scared, very scared because I could just see Debbie being like, hell no, I'm not doing that. Or I will try, but I'm not doing it all. You know, I just don't see that happening with her personality. She's just, and she's a free spirit. So I don't know how they're going to like that either. I'm, I'm, I'm worried. I'm worried. Yeah. For I'm very the whole worried. situation worries me. And I feel like she's there all alone. Yep. And if anything goes south, I feel like we'd have to, we have to rescue Debbie, right? We'd have to go over there and get her. Like we can't we just do. leave her there. Right? Like, we can't just leave her there. We have to make sure that Debbie's okay. And I still don't trust Osama. Me and Julian are still on the same page. Like, I don't trust him until I'm given a reason to trust him. You know how some people are like, until you give me a reason not to? Nope. Until you give me a reason to trust you, Osama, I don't trust you. Especially not with Debbie. Not with our girl, Debbie. I need you to have your intentions very clear with us so we can even a little bit trust you. It's like, it's not even as far as I can throw you. I can't even trust you. If I could, like, within eye shot i don't trust you like at all like even with my eyes on you i don't know all right guys that's all the time we have for this episode this is 90 day fiance the other way season four episode eight part two i'm george mossy make sure you follow me on all social media platforms georgemossy.com at george mossy and anywhere you get your podcast and please follow my co-host sharona her links are right here at the bottom this is the george mossy show we'll talk to all of you guys really soon